Filthy the word that best defines me I'm just grinding man Y'all never mind me My name is Kate Bruiser. I am the host and managing editor of Lookout Landing, and I am joined today by Mariners prospect Jordan Cowan. Jordan, how are you? I'm good, Kate. How are you doing? I'm good. It's very nice to talk to you. Tell us where you are talking to us from and why I am up at such an ungodly <laughs> hour. Oh, uh, I'm Monday. so sorry. I know. I'm so sorry about that. Um, we're, I'm talking to you from my apartment, actually. Uh, and just getting ready to go to the field here in a little in a little while to get started on the day. Yes, your apartment that is in Arizona. Correct. Because you are at Big League Camp. Yes, correct. For the first time. Tell us right. why tell us why you get the privilege of being at Big League Camp. Uh, I get the privilege to go to Big League Camp this year um because of the award that I won uh this past this past season. Uh it's called the PTPA uh, tournament that we have go on and it's uh, the Edgar Martinez award and basically it's just uh, for a productive team plate appearance which PTPA yes. is something I think some of your hardcore Mariners fans will know but maybe yeah maybe not it's it's similar is this <laughs> the same as C the Z or different because we all got used to C the Z and then it's yeah like C the Z went away a little so this is like the new C to Z like that it's, it's honestly okay. just a kind of a different name but also slightly different in in their aspect of it um you know just trying to be you know just getting on base being a productive out if that's moving a runner over getting a run in um just uh doing whatever you can to help the team win is the biggest thing Right. So you won. So every year there, tell us a little more about this tournament. Yeah. So they have this tournament. Um, it's basically like, uh, it's like a March madness tournament. It's kind of the same format and right, with every, brackets and everything. Yep. And then every week you're going up against a guy. And so honestly you need, you need a little luck as well. I would say, <laughs> you know, cause if someone goes off that week and you might even do super well, you know, you can get bumped from the tournament. Um, you need to so not have a fun. rehabbing big leaguer come through. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Because, I mean, if they're, you know, sent down for, you know, a while and that's when the tournament starts, um, you know, they'll be in the tournament. I mean, because it's every minor leaguer who's, you know, healthy and playing gets the opportunity to be in the tournament. Oof. Yeah. So <laughs> you won, though, which is out of out of everyone, which is quite a um, quite an accomplishment. So you, you get you get rewarded with a big play. And I thought that that was cool that they still honored that even though um, you had a little injury, right? Correct. Yeah. I had a uh, lab- labrum surgery. And how long is that going to – when when when? because I know some people have been eager to see you. When will you be returning to action? Um, well, originally, um, most labrum surgeries are about six months. But since of the repairs that I had to have in my arm, it was a total reconstruction. Um, so instead of about two to four anchors that most people will get, I had to have eight. So talking to the doctor, I actually just saw I got really good news from Dr. Calfane that did the surgery uh, during my physical. And it's actually going along very well. Um, I see him actually, like my range of motion was farther than he expected it um, from like good. the last time I saw him. But I think the... Uh, a good timetable from November is about seven, 
seven to nine months is kind of like was our time timetable and it's definitely long but at the same time you know the most important thing is just getting healthy and and then staying healthy you know the last thing you want to do is try rushing it back and then you're right back in the rehab room having to get another surgery or take another month two three months off you know trying to just get back on the field too quick right absolutely and you know we've had some um been beset a little bit by some injury problems in the organization um so definitely important to see things being taken good care of and so are you going to stay down in peoria and rehab for a while until you're ready to come back yeah so that's like the plan as of right now and that i mean 99 percent sure that that will stay the plan and yeah i'll just stay in arizona and, and rehab and um just continue to hit the phases so i'm at the phase now where i'm starting to strengthen it um below the shoulder so that takes about four to six weeks and then you go to the next phase which is strengthening more like uh, throwing motion stuff, uh, strengthening more above the shoulder, and then that takes another four to six, and then that's when I get to start my baseball activities. And yeah. you're lucky to be there to, to be doing your rehab during the time all the um, all the big league people are down yeah. there too, right? So yeah, you get it's a awesome. Little, little extra attention, maybe. Yeah, no, it's it's really awesome. I'm able to work with our new uh, uh, big league uh, physical therapist Ryan Bitzel. Um, he's awesome. Um, he's helped me out every single day. And I mean, I have a lot to thank to him to get to where I am right now. That's awesome. Well, let's, um, let's go back through your baseball journey a little, um, cause I think it will be of particular interest to Mariners fans. So you're born 1995, right? You're a, a young guy for someone who's been in the organization for a while. Um, so you, Tell us about where you were born and how you grew up. Um, I was actually born in Seattle, um, right, basically at the like, Seattle U Hospital or right, right yeah. by it. Um, grew up until um, about eight years old. I mean, obviously, I don't remember much from there, but till about seven, eight years old in like the Des Moines, Seattle area. <clears throat> and then obviously, because the cost of living there is a lot more than <laughs> down south. So we ended up moving a little south uh, down in Maple Valley. Um, so we lived there for a few years and then now we finally made our move over to Kent when I was like in middle school. Um, so what was that? Like 13 years old, 12 years old, I think it was 12 when I made my move over to, to Kent. And then I basically grew up in Kent and, and I'm still there in the off. Well, when I am home, uh, for an off season, that's, uh, where I'd be. Yeah, I've seen um, a few Instagrams and and pictures of you with your dog in a yep. Seattle Seahawks bed. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. So you know, people usually have some Mariners swag, but yours is like baked in. You know, you grew up a a fan of the team. Oh yeah. Um, actually, uh, kind of a uh, funny story. Where I probably fell in love with the game was probably in two thousand one, and I think everyone can remember if you're a baseball fan. Mariner fan. I mean, everyone remembers that 2001 team. Okay, but that and, I had to do the math on that because yeah. you were like six. Yeah, but I actually I knew the whole starting lineup. Um, I knew basically almost every starter starting pitcher. Uh, I remember watching Kazuhiro Sasaki. If people remember him, he was only over for like two or three years for us. Um, but yeah, no, that's definitely where uh, I definitely started loving the game and just enjoying and actually. 
I had uh, season tickets that year. And so, it was, I mean, when you're showing up to the game and all they're doing is winning, it's hard not to start liking the Mariners. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that is definitely a team that made an impression. Did you have a favorite player? I mean, you um, Sasaki. I would have to, I'd have to say Ichiro, obviously, when you're a little kid and, you know, he's getting the sure. MVP that year. Um, and then I, I really enjoyed Brett Boone. I even dyed my hair like Brett Boone. I don't know if people oh, no. remember. He used to bleach his hair and get highlights. And so when I was little, I actually had my mom uh, highlight my – I wanted blonde hair like he had, so I ended up uh, doing the same thing. <laughs> uh, we're going to need a picture of that. <laughs> All right. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I'm sure my mom has mom a few. Yeah. I'm sure she has a few of those. Um, you also maybe saw the 2007 team. That was pretty good, right? Obviously, the the 2001 team was um, an all time team, but 2007 yeah. was wasn't too bad. And you would have mm -mm. been trying to figure out how old you would have been. 16, 17, in 2007. Uh, 2007. No, I still would have been a little younger. Probably like 14. Oh no, 15. 12, 12. Oh, 2012 team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, 17, 16, turning 17 that year. Okay, no, yeah. I'm sorry. I meant 2007. I was trying to to do the the math on your age. Yeah. So 9505. Yeah, you would have been 12. Yep. Right. 12. So, did you have any favorites off of that, or that's when you're starting to maybe come into your own baseball um, career a little more? Honestly, I think I was more worried. That was the year uh, we were in Little League All Stars, and we actually almost went to Williamsport. So that summer. Um, it would actually be kind of tough to remember the Mariners on that team. I'm sure I still watched, but uh, we were actually one game away from going to Williamsport, and we were actually favorites to go. Um, but at that time, the the bracket they did was like round robin. We ended up losing the most important game, so we're, we weren't able to go. But that was also probably one of the most fun summers I ever had um, playing with, like, you know, in Little League, that was the closest thing you could do as in going to, like, you know, the World Series. And it was awesome going to, like, the San Bernardino and doing stuff like that. Oh. Yeah. So back to your own baseball journey then. So you play through high school. The Mariners take you um, 30th round? 30th, 37th. 5th round? 37th. 37th, yep. Um, and you decide to sign yep. and not go off to college, which is not – totally common for uh Correct. later round draft choices so talk to us about your draft day story what was what was that like uh, so this is actually a really funny story um because i knew like i actually i don't know if most people know i broke my thumb my senior year of high school so i actually missed most of my season uh going into the draft um going into my year mm -hmm. uh, i think i only played three high school games that year or maybe five i, I can't remember and so I remember my draft day, um, I had a, I had a couple games and funny story about that. I was talking to Gonzaga at the time and I, I was going to, I struggled in the SAT test. So they wanted me to take the ACT. And I then found out from the, from the, one of the Mariners scout at the time, Joe Ross, who ended up drafting me. He was like, Hey, I need you to be by your phone. You have a really good opportunity of getting signed. Like, you know, we're confident we're taking you. Well, that was the same day as my ACT test. Oh, no. So instead of going to my ACT, ACT test, I told my mom, mom being by my phone, and if I get drafted, I want to hear it. 
<laughs> so I'm, sadly, I'm, my mom's in the hole. I mean, she's definitely in the hole a lot more money taking care of me and my brother, but <laughs> <laughs> she's in the hole for that ACT test. For the ACT test. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely owe her from that. So I ended up, uh, actually, I had a double header that day in select ball. And my coach knew kind of like, you know, if I ended up getting signed, he'll take me out at the time, you know, to, to listen to it or whatnot and have him call. Well, that uh, I can't remember when it, I think the test started at like, or the draft started at like 10 and mm-hmm. my game was at eight. So the first game was no problem. Draft was started. I remember we went to an Applebee's still waiting for my name to be called. And you know how the draft works. You know, they tell you te- you're going to be drafted 10 through 15, but you know, everyone's going to be probably a little lower. Some are a little higher. You know, you just never know, you know, stuff happens right. and whatnot. So 15th round's coming, nothing. I end up getting in the second game. My mom has my phone in the stands, nothing. I actually end up, playing that whole game and I was so like nerve wracked, I guess, or not necessarily nervous, but like anxious to get, you know, the the call that I actually, my last hit was a walk-off hit for the team. And I didn't even realize it because my mind was so, because I was asking my coaches like, what round are they at and stuff like that. (laughs) So my buddy, he has his phone, I'm driving home and we were playing, I think we might've been playing at Everett Memorial Stadium before that. Uh, playing our game we're driving back down to kent with my with my buddies and whatnot that were on the team and my buddy just told me that you know the opposing shortstop just got drafted uh-huh. and i was like what like i you know i was frustrated <laughs> you know you want to get signed and his phone dies in the 36th round oh no and so i, I i've had like calls and every time i got a call of course my heart dropped and you know I think in my mom, well, at this time I'm driving, you know, you know, the state of law, Washington, you can't be on your cell phone. You drive, right? <laughs> well, uh, I'm driving and all of a sudden my phone's calling and I, at this time thought the draft was over and it might've been, but maybe they waited a couple, like 10 minutes before they called me. And I looked down at Joe Ross, the, the scout. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap. And I look up and there's like five cops right by me. <laughs> So I ended up driving on this like back road, like to just get away so I could answer it. And I'm honestly kind of thinking like they're gonna tell me why they didn't sign me. Um, you know, we're we're still anxious like for next year, you know, whatever. Because at that time I was signed to a, a junior college, and he ended up saying, "Hey, have you been watching the draft?" And I told him like, uh, "No, because uh, my buddy's phone died." And he's like, "Well, we selected you in the 37th round. Congratulations!" and from then on, like, you know, he told me, he'd call me back later on that, that day or like the next day. I can't remember exactly. And yeah, and that's how. So uh, at that time, I basically was home and then hung out with the family, took a picture with my buddies that were in the car. And yeah, that's kind of like the story. <laughs> it was a long, long, stressful day. Uh, probably yeah. a lot more stressful than it needed to be. <laughs> but man, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was a great, you know, just to get that phone call. And to, you know, and it's from your hometown team. Um, you know, you just can't beat it. I mean, it doesn't, at that time, you know, you're not worrying about what round or, or the money they're offering you anything. It's just hearing your name get called. And that's been like a life, you know, that was my goal since I probably six, seven years old is, you know, to be drafted, to, 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 to play baseball professionally. Yeah. So how many kids say they want to, they, 
they grow, they want to grow up and play for their hometown team and you actually get to do it. Yeah, no, exactly. So we were counting up a little before we went on air here. Um, because that was 2013 and because obviously there's been a lot of uh, change in the organization since uh, the only major leaguers left who with a longer tenure, equal or longer tenure to you, are Felix, Kuma, Paxton, Zanino, Seeger. I mean, we could put Ramirez in there because he's back, but, you know, with an asterisk, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then on the minor league side, we have Ian Miller, Zach Shank, uh, Dario Pisano, and Joe DiCarlo. Correct. And you are the youngest out of that crew. So you're only 22, but yeah. uh, yet one of the longest tenured Mariners. So I was interested in hearing, um, you know, and we'll get into your specific in, uh, experiences a little later on and some of the other things you've done, but just in that time, you've now, you, you know, you're, you're a young guy, but you're kind of an old hand in the organization. Um, what is that like? Like, what are the changes that you've seen that the organization undergo in your time? Um, I mean, I think just the biggest change is obviously it's like the faces. Um, it's crazy now to think that I've lasted even longer than some of the coaches. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like been the biggest thing, you know, you mean a lot of, and you know, it's a good thing as well. I've met a lot of great people, um, coaching to, to players. And, you know, I, I'd say that's probably one of the biggest dif difference. Obviously, we had the, uh, the turnaround in the coaching staff and front office when DePoto then came over. Um, so, obviously, I think that side of things um, came different. And, you know, going into it, you're kind of not scared, but you're just like anxious and wondering, you know, what's going to happen. You know, you get so used to something and you get comfortable with that. You're mm -hmm. obviously like, man, am I going to like this? And it turns out it actually is probably better for your career that they came over. And I've actually probably learned and developed as a baseball player so much uh, quicker. And, you know, that definitely mm -hmm. helps because I've gotten older. So I've started to develop in my body a little bit more. Uh, but they're also just making – it's not only that. But it's just it's been awesome, you know, how they've made the facility in Arizona feel like a home. Um, the facility is unbelievable there in Arizona. You have every, everything you need to help take care of your body and whatnot. And, you know, they, all the new coaches they brought over, you know, they're all willing to help. Um, even if something happened off the field, you know, they're willing to help. Uh, if you go to them, um, it's been awesome. I and mean, that's definitely been the biggest, biggest change. And, you know, probably actually the best thing that's, that's happened to the organization. So you see a facilities upgrade as one of the things that really stands out to you? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, I I would say <clears throat> that or because... resources, maybe that's a better way to put it. Probably resources, resources, correct. A lot more resources. Um, you know, th they brought more coaches over, I think. Instead of just like having your prototypical, you know, hitting coordinator, fielding coordinator, all this. Now it's like, you know... They have hitting coordinators, but then they also have all these hitting rovers. And there's a lot of them. You know, Alvin Davis still comes in and will look at us throughout the season. You know, you get all these, you know, and Alvin was doing that prior. But, you know, they've brought in other guys to help him out. And I think that's been, like, the most helpful for, for any guy, you know, players. I feel like they're now getting to their full potential and that full opportunity to, to play. And these coaching staffs are really – they're trying to make that, you know, find who you are. That's the biggest thing, I think, um, 
you know, coaches that are always telling you is, you know, one of the fastest way to make it to the big leagues is finding your identity, finding who you are, and then being the best at that. And sometimes, you know, players can get confused or they're trying to be someone who they're not. You know, that'd be like me trying to, you know, go up there and hit, you know, 50 home runs a year. You know, that's not who I am. My job is to get on base. You know, if that's like me on the diamond, like trying to, I don't know, sit back and throw the ball as hard as I can. Like I don't have the strongest arm, um, you know, when I'm playing defense. So I have to, you know, get up in the ball more and get rid of it quicker. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, identifying yourself faster and then perfecting that craft as much as you can. Obviously, you're going to change throughout. Um, You're going to get bigger, you're going to get stronger. Uh, So then your game will change a little bit. But, you know, like Alvin Davis always said, you, you got to be who you are at this moment. You know, don't worry about who you're going to be in five years. You know, be who you are right now. Hmm. So even with all these different coaches, um, has the messaging been cons- – because something we heard about before was that maybe there were conflicting messages or that there was a lot of information and guys were maybe having trouble sorting through what applied to them. Uh, has the way that you're being given instruction changed? Is that more streamlined? Yeah. Uh, even with all these different coaches? Yeah, absolutely. And the biggest thing I think that's also changed is they they addressed it. It wasn't that the old coaching staff never um, was willing to to anything. It was just, I think they, Andy McKay, what he's done is he's come and said, you know, I want you to be able to question our coaches back. And in that way, it's mm-hmm. more like, you know, not not in a negative way at all either. It's just if they tell you something, ask them why. Like always have the why am I doing this. Don't just tell me to do something without telling me why I'm doing it. And I think that's why these guys have been turning around quicker and gaining a lot more respect. Um, because you know now it's not just like do this because I said so. It's do this because this is why it's going to help you and there's a reason behind it. And, you know, once you know there's a reason behind it, obviously you're going to feel more, you know, better about yourself. Why? Yeah, Yeah. invested because, oh, this is going to help me in this way. Okay, I'll do it. You know, if you tell me, though, do this because I said so, it's like, what? Like, how is that going to help me? Like, that's not, you know, helping me in my career just because you want me to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I think that's like can be the frustration for a player. And that's what they've done an awesome job. And they, I mean, he's wants, you know, from, from the medical staff, you know, they're just always reminding us, you know, ask questions, you know, we want you to know the material. We don't want to hide any material from you guys. We want you to know the why we're doing this and, and go from there. Which is a really good way to develop buy-in really quickly. Right. Especially, um, you know, in, in an organization that's seeing some turnover, not just on the staffing side, but also, um, with players, you know, with guys getting brought in and brought out and you have new teammates and new faces all the time. And um, just having that why in mind or knowing that they're they're not just asking you to blindly accept some of these things can really help you feel invested in the process, right? I know process is a big word. Um, so let's change tack a little bit and talk about more of your specific experiences in the organization um you know i speaking of facilities upgrades i know you were a a member of the the dear departed bakersfield blaze yeah (laughs) um r.i.p r.i.p blaze absolutely uh what a fun team that was but you got to see the 
we we jettisoned good old uh, Bakersfield in favor of Modesto, um, which is is as much as you know Sam Lynn has this great history. It, it was an upgrade, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it, to just be honest, it was like just as in like the the field the the environment was a little bit bigger like as in the stands and stuff like that it felt mm-hmm. more like a like a like a ballpark yeah i mean there were parts at sam lynn where you just couldn't see right like certain times of day where you could not see yeah uh, i mean definitely just yeah cuz it's obviously an, an older type of, of stadium so um you know how they built it probably wasn't the best obviously um uh, but you know they definitely made do you know obviously they had to start later and when it wasn't that big right. of a deal, um, that's just how the field was, and you just had to, you know, play around it, and you just, you know, you got comfortable and, and learned learned how to deal with it. Well, I know the Cal League is a challenge, usually uh, more of a challenge for pitchers than for hitters, um, but that Modesto team this past year, the Cal League champions. Um, I know you've played on a few different. Did you spend time in Clinton? I can't remember. No, I'm not. You only spent time in uh, on the Aqua Sox and then in the Cal League. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Okay. So um, talk to us a little bit about what it was like being a Modesto nut in 2017. Oh, uh, it was. It sure seemed like fun. It was It was awesome. I mean, for all the way from our coaching staff to, to every player who came through. Um, obviously, we had a lot of changes. Uh, if you look from our you know starting roster team to the end, um, a lot of changes. And I think just in that group, just um, I think we did a great job just always, always sticking together. We always made it fun. Um, we made it enjoyable. There's never a panic, I guess, in, in us. Uh, even, you know, I remember kind of in the beginning of the season towards the end when we're trying to clinch, we had a little difficult time with that, um, until we Mm -hmm. actually did, but there was never that panic. Well, at that point you had lost, um, Neidert, right? Correct. Yep. The sort of ace of your staff, uh, Bishop, who was, you know, a linchpin. Why do you think that, um, what, what do you attribute that to, to just being able to, despite, trades you lost a lot of guys out of trades you lost a lot of guys out of promotions um what do you attribute that team being able to like what was the linchpin for that team being uh, able to stick together and keep on winning i, I think it would i think it would honestly be our coaching staff uh mitch canham joe mm. uh panky uh woody uh woodworth i mean they they always you know welcome new guys in and then the guys who who stayed there the whole year. So you know, Logan was there the whole year. Curletta, um, all of us that were there the whole year. You know, we always Felia, uh, Nieto, uh, Wawu. Uh, I know he left for a little bit, but all of us. I mean, we all got along so well. So when someone came in, you know, we didn't start you know getting more you know tense or anything. We just stayed who we were. And I think that made it to where when someone got like when Rizzo got called up at the end of the year, I mean we already knew him pretty well, but I mean, it, it, we didn't need to say anything to him. We just were who we were, and then so he kind of got comfortable and became who he was, and that's all we wanted, you know, just be who Which you are. Which is impressive for a yeah. kid who's like, uh, how old was he? he was like he 19 was nineteen? Yeah, I think he was nineteen. It's yeah. unbelievable. 
Yeah. Yeah, taking your taking your title as uh the the team baby away from you. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, I'm okay with it. You know, we got the title, so that's all that mattered. <laughs> uh yeah, it seemed like he just got folded right in. Yeah. No, he he was awesome. And I mean, it was like anyone, uh, anyone else who came. I know Banny uh did a great job with the pitching staff uh, cuz he was there the whole year. Um I know he had some call-ups for Tacoma for spot starts and whatnot. But, you know, he really set the tone for our pitching staff uh, when a lot of those guys left. And he wanted to be that guy, and he, he did a great job of being being that. And then so, you know, we had some bullpen. Uh, Art Festa did amazing jobs at the back end of the bullpen. Bonnie, I mean, the, the playoffs, I think, really showed what our capable talent was. And it was awesome to be able to do that in the playoffs because that's where it really gets noticed. And, I mean, that just those six games – I mean, that's honestly, that's kind of what you remember for the whole season. I mean, just because of how much fun it was. And I've never played such a relaxed, like, playoff game. I mean, even when, <laughs> even when we're on the verge of losing, not necessarily losing, but we were tied and whatnot, you always still had that feeling like, oh, we're still going to win this. And that was like the whole season for us. You know, we never felt like we're out of it. And when we lost, we didn't yeah. panic. You know, it's always a bummer when you lose. You don't want to lose games. But that's part of it, and you just move forward. And that's what we always did a good job of was instead of, you know, panicking and, oh, I got to fix this, we were like, all right, you know, you know, we'll obviously go and, you know, if we had some rundown issue or something, we'll go over it. But then we move forward, you know, what's going to help us in the long run? And that's just staying who we were individually and then working together as a team, you know, doing the little things. And that's what we did uh, the best of, I feel like, in the playoffs, and that's why we were able to – to overcome and, and win the championship. Well, it helps when you get some big, uh, big time play out of guys down in that stretch run. And I know, um, you know, obviously Kyle Lewis was huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rizzo, obviously, kind of, which was especially impressive to come from Clinton and just like jump right in. Yeah. Um, but they also got a big offensive lift from you, right? Yeah, uh, you can say that, I guess. Uh, I honestly, I mean, I think the whole team hit hit very well. And, and I mean, I'm being 100% honest. Yes, you're also being 100% humble. Though, because, uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about the three-run home run to uh, to secure, um, where were you in the, you were at Lancaster. Lancaster, correct. Yeah, so, and it was, um, and was it extra innings? Extra innings, the, yeah, the eleventh yeah. inning. Take, I think. Take, take me through that because the big bummer about the Cal League, among other things, but the biggest bummer to me was not being able. There are no cameras. So oh yeah, to watch. It was uh, yeah, just listening to it on the radio, which you know Keaton does a great job, but uh, not being able to see that was was heart wrenching. Yeah, um, we saw like so please, our please side walk video. me through it. Um, yeah. Well, a lot of people don't realize going into that series, I was actually 0 for 9, 0 for 8. Uh, I was kind of <laughs> struggling a little bit, to be honest. Those Lancasters were pitching me tough and doing a good job. I had a couple balls good, uh, but, you know, they just didn't land. And mm -hmm. a lot of people also forget that the only reason that even happened was because of what Libby did. And I remember his first and second. Luis, Luis Yeah, sorry, we call him Libby. Yes. So, Liberato. Um okay. Who is super underrated. Super like, underrated as well. I and one of the best teammates him. I've had, honestly. Really? He is unbelievable. Oh, that's nice. And so, you know, he was hitting ninth at the time. And 
I figured he was swinging it pretty well, actually. I think he had a – did he have a home run for us or a double or triple the game before? Like, he was – I think he had a home run the night before. So, he, he'd been swinging it pretty well. It was first or second, one out. And um, I remember going up there and when I was in the on-deck circle. And I really – you know, I wasn't feeling great. And I knew that, you know, this was going to be a big at-bat. And, you know, I didn't want to make the stage bigger than what it was. So, I remember just all I focused on was how they were pitching him. And the first pitch they threw him was a fastball in. And so I was like, that's what I'm getting. The fact that I've been struggling and they're pitching this guy, you know, who's been swinging the bat a little bit better. And there's a runner in scoring position. I was like, that's, you know, that's the uh, pitch I believe I'm going to get. Well, he ends up dribbling a ball to the pitcher. And he actually beat the throw by probably a half a step. I mean, it was bang, bang, but he busted his butt down the line. And actually he's, got it first. He's so toolsy. Liberato is yeah. like tools, 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 and right? Outfields, exact, exactly. Everything. And so obviously yeah. in the moment you're like, oh, he grounded out. But you also got to remember it gave us one more opportunity that inning. And yeah, that's a PTPA. That's a, exactly it is. <laughs> and and that's what you know. That's why we were even in that situation. And that's I mean throughout the whole season we were doing stuff like that as a team. You know. Whether if he'd been out, you know, I just knew he was always going to give us full effort, and because of that, he was able to beat the throw. And uh, I remember going up there, and you know, I kind of just said, you know, to myself, like, "Hey, like, you know, just relax and hit this ball hard. Like, you know what pitch is coming." And sure enough, it was a fastball in, and um, I hit what actually, honestly, off the bat, I, I was just praying it was going to get down in the in the outfield. And you forget how Lancaster the ball can tra- can travel a little bit. And yeah, man, they don't what, call it the launch pad. Yeah. And <laughs> when I saw that ball go, I saw it, you know, when I was running down the line, I saw the right fielder like stop. And I was like, what? I was like, how's that ball not going <laughs> to? And ended up going out. And oh, I remember slapping hands with the first base coach. And I just remember it was so quiet, but so loud in our dugout. Oh. And it was awesome. <laughs> it was the, like, it was such a fun feeling. It was unbelievable i remember seeing uh when i get like donnie he was like one of my uh best friends like uh in the organization like just hugging them hugging libby at the play or slapping fives with libby it was uh, and you could just tell we we changed the momentum and there's a lot of things that throughout that game uh you just kind of had that feeling that we're gonna win it but you know when that happened you, you know i remember lancaster actually came back in the ninth that game and put up three runs. And when we went back out there, you know, in the ninth, they had this energy. Like, they felt like they were in it. And, you know, it was the same, you know, run score. I mean, they were only down three at that time. They were down three going into the, the bottom of the 11th. But they just, like, felt like, man, we got to come back again now? Like, it just <laughs> – it was a great feeling. And then, you know, when the game ended, it was just awesome. Like, you know, you're up 2-0, and now you get to go home. Uh, it definitely made the bus ride way more fun, uh, <laughs> more enjoyable to come out. Because at the at one point, you know, you're kind of thinking, man, like, oh, how do we let this one slip away from us? Like, we had such a good opportunity. Uh, it, it was such a mix of emotions throughout that whole game, and then to come out on top, I mean, it makes it that much better. Because I've been on the other side, and you know, it definitely hurts. You know, you don't you don't forget that feeling, yeah. and it it was awesome. It was a great great day. Um. I thought it was, I think it's interesting that when I asked you to relive what is arguably your 
greatest moment, maybe other than lifting that championship trophy from um, from the series, the first thing you did was give credit to one of your teammates. And it reminds me of um, anytime Eric Folio was interviewed about some of the successes he had, the, he is also the first thing he does is give credit to his teammates. Yeah. So I think that says a lot about the culture that, uh, and I think Mitch Canham is a huge part of that, but the culture that you guys had down there. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, especially in baseball, you know, a lot of the time, you know, you don't, you know, you, you have to have your teammates help you out. Like no one in baseball, um, you know, wins you games, not just a single person. I mean, look at Mike Trout's probably the best player in baseball and they like didn't make the playoffs last year. Um, if that doesn't show it enough, then I don't know what does, you know, baseball is definitely a team game. You know, you don't, you don't play every position out there. You play your position and you hit once every nine guy or eight other guys. Um, you know, you, you, and you have to remember that. And that's the biggest thing is you got to play for your teammates. Don't play for yourself, you know, um, be who you are, but you know, remember, you know, you should be thinking of others before yourself. And I think Mitch did an amazing job with that. I think that's another um, signal of a culture change too, right? Because minor league can be very cutthroat and about guys just trying to show out. Correct. Absolutely. Get moved up. And um, it does seem like there's a focus on the individual and what you need to do to be your best self. And yep. um, I think it was Lindsay Coggle who was on the podcast who told us that you get a series of targets that you're supposed to hit before you move up. And it's not like throw a ball 95. If you've never thrown a ball 95, it's like, um, based on what, what the best version of yourself is. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and that's exactly how since day one, Mitch, Mitch was, you know, telling us that he was always saying, you know, and I'm a big believer in, you know, play for your teammates and your stats will be where they're supposed to be at the end of the year. And, you know, when you start playing selfishly, that's when your stats go down. And I've experienced that. I mean, I think any player is lying if they haven't worried about their stats <laughs> at some point. Uh, that's, just, sure. that's just the human thing to do. You know, you want to succeed. Um, you know you want to be in the big leagues. Uh, but you just have to always just remind yourself, you know, hey, you know, like this is where I'm at. Like this is my big leagues right now. And, you know, I want to play for my teammates. And when you have the entire roster buying into that, baseball is fun to watch and it's fun to play in those games because it's like you actually forget about if you you know don't get the run in you're not worried about it because you know like flea was hit behind me i was like oh flea is getting it in now right or you know i got the run in and i helped him you know like it was always like that it was it was awesome and working with flea throughout the year like it was awesome i became very good friends with him Uh, uh when i first met him uh, a few years ago in Everett before I ended up going to Bakersfield. Uh, but it was awesome. Awesome experience. The whole whole team was, was amazing. Um, and you got rewarded for that um, that team approach by winning the ATPA, <coughs> the Edgar Martinez Award. You got to come to Safeco, which was really cool. Yeah, that, that was, was the awesome. First time I've ever seen you in person. <laughs> um, yeah, that must have been fun. And then you get the spring training invite. So tell us a little bit, like, you're at big league camp. You're sitting in that big league cl- clubhouse. I saw a picture of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was just a, there was a clubhouse picture and you and like 
you and Festa and yep. Warren were kind of huddled, yeah, huddled we're, in the back. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, what's, what's, what's been cool about that uh, besides everything? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, definitely everything is just cooler on that side, it feels like. But it, it's been awesome uh, just meeting some of the guys and just seeing how they go about their business. They have so much fun. And and they deserve that. They deserve that fun because they've perfected it. I shouldn't say maybe perfected it, but they are the most consistent at their craft. And, you know, for me as a Mariner fan, I think it hits a little harder when I see, you know, Felix in the locker room and whatnot because, yeah. you know, I, I grew up, you know, watching him. I mean, he's been in the league for so long now that I was, I was in like middle school when he first started out because he came in the league when he was 18. And so, you know, uh, it's like, you know, it's weird to now be like, this is my teammate. You know what I mean? So it's oh, like, yeah. you know, that little, like that day one was definitely more of a fan than, than a player, but it, you know, <laughs> sure, you get, sure. you get used to it. Um, Edgar is probably the biggest one because, you know, obviously who isn't a fan of Edgar. And sure. uh, I remember walking next to him and I think I was more pumped about that than actually being on Safeco. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, this is Edgar. Like, like I loved like the way you play. I tried hitting like you at some point, like, and now I'm walking next to you. Like it was, it was awesome. And uh, yeah, and big league camp. Uh, it's been cool uh, to talking to some of the guys who you know experienced big league camp more than once. Uh, three, four, five. Uh, uh, App we call him App Applin. Uh, he's my one of my locker mm -hmm. buddies, so I've talked to him a lot. And for me personally, I've just been trying to you know I've gone to all the home games so far just to watch. And just take it in. I mean, I know I'm not going to be able to participate in it, but for me, it's just watching and learning as much as I can and see what they do the same and see what they do different. And then that way I can kind of start, you know, not uh, comparing myself to them, but kind of in a way comparing what what I do similar and what I don't do similar and see if it's the same stuff. Because maybe I should be doing some of the same stuff with them and then I should do in this part different. And I think that's been um, like the hardest, the or the best, the best part about it is is just being able to watch that. Has anyone been especially helpful to you, or has made a little time for you? I know I saw um, D. Gordon spending some extra time with Ian Miller, doing some bunt work the other day, which just just sitting there tossing him balls and working on his bunting. Um, anything like that that you've been able to witness or be a part of? Um, I haven't been able to do anything like that because they, they just don't, you can't do yeah, I can't do anything. Um, I've actually hung out with Mitch a lot. Uh, we've, cause he, he, uh, uh, he needed surgery as well. So he's been kind of like the wounded warrior. So we've been kind of the two Guinea pigs that just sit out there and watch, <laughs> watch some baseball. <laughs> and, but, um, for players, I'd have to say like Adlin, uh, I grew, I love more. Uh, Andrew Moore, uh, he's right next sure. to me as well, uh, but he's a pitcher. We are big fans of Andrew yeah, Moore. Yeah, he's awesome. I <laughs> uh, love the kid. Uh, also, no Northwest guy, so you can't not love that. Uh, so I've honestly just kind of you know listened to these guys talk. I think I've done more instead of asking, just kind of listen and not necessarily yeah. eavesdrop. I just want to hear you know, when, especially when it's about baseball and what they think, um, you know, what they're doing um, to get them ready for games. And I'm kind of doing more of watching too, like, you know, 
Are they hitting the ice bath early, the hot tub? Did you do an arm care? Just stuff like that. Uh, you know, how many swings are they taking? And just trying to try to watch more in that aspect. Because uh, I understand I'm, I'm a newer guy. I'm like the rookie in, in big league camp. And so, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, stay low and and just watch and learn. And then I'll, you know, I'll ask questions. Uh, everyone's been awesome. They say they're high, um, talk to you. Um, no one gives you that like big league um, mm. aspect to you, which is really nice. Um, it's been awesome. It's been cool, a great experience so far. So one last thing I wanted to ask you about, because I think I knew who you were, but this is what really kind of put you on my radar early on, um, was your experience with the ABL, the Australian Baseball yep. League. Um, because you seem to be a, a big fan favorite over there. And we had a few, we have a few Aussie Mariner fans who tweet the account sometimes and say, Oh, Jordan Cowell, <laughs> love him. That, that was my, that was my Australian accent. Yeah, that's pretty it's, good. It that's really, not bad. Really, no, it was awful. <laughs> what are you talking about? That was horrible. Um, but <laughs> talk to us a little bit about that experience, because I know that, the bless the Australian baseball league for giving us baseball when there is no other baseball yeah. for those of us who are, you know, just really desperate for, for it. <laughs> yeah, um, no, no doubt. But what, what was that like going over there? You were there in 2015 and 2016, Correct. right? Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. The off the field, off baseball, it was so cool to see their culture and see the way their like their lifestyle and to see what their normal is. Because their normal is different than our normal. You know, it's just driving on the different side of the road. Right. You know, it, it goes to like that. Um, even though, not the way they dress, but like they're, they're always more, I feel like, you know, dressed up. Um, a lot more collared shirts, plaid shorts, you know. Here, there's a lot more sweatpants. That's definitely more my style. I'm, I'm in sweatpants right now, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I, it was like a little too much for me. I was like, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. What are you dressed up for? I'm just waking <laughs> up. You're crazy. Like, we'd go to the grocery store. These people are dressed up. It's like right by the beach. I'm like, you should be in swimming trunks or anything. Um, so seeing that was awesome. And then in the league, it, again, like you said, it, it gave me an opportunity to get more at-bats in the time. And then the second year, again, it was to get me more at-bats because of the injury uh, previous year. Uh, it, it was unbelievable experience. Uh, you get to fly everywhere, so we got to go see every major city in Australia. Um, just wow. see see uh, the difference and, and see Sydney and see Melbourne and and Perth and all these great cities that you, growing up you're like, oh, I'll, never, I'll nev never see that. And to be able to experience that because of the game of baseball – you know, I, I thank that so much um, for them having that league, and it was unbelievable. Did the Mariners send you? Like, Mariners send you, correct? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you were chosen for that. Yeah, correct. Oh. Kind of special. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> it, it was awesome. I'm so happy they gave me the opportunity, especially to go back. And I didn't get to see every city like the first time around, and I made sure this time, like you know, if guys were going to the city, I made sure to go. Uh, even if I wasn't maybe up to it, I was like, you know, I gotta make this thing worth it. And um, it was every single minute of it was was amazing. Well, I appreciate uh, that when I Google you, it returns the Australian Baseball League with your weight listed at seventy three kg. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't even. I think you got to times it by two point two or something. It's something crazy like that. I can't remember how I I, I knew it for a little while, but now it's like oh I forgot it all because they make it easier over here for us. <laughs> put that on your uh, put that on your your baseball. Cards. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> put my in, put my height in centimeters or inches or whatever they do. Really confuse people. Um, What's the biggest thing you learned from being over there? Did you pick it up anything for your game, or how did that shape you as a player? Um, other than just the cultural aspect. Well, it was awesome to play for Steven Mintz, who was our manager. He's actually with the Texas Rangers. Um, learn anything? I I would just say yeah, I definitely learned. Um, I mean, you always learn in this game, and I learned from a lot. Uh, Mitch Denny was one of the main guys. Stephen Welch, uh, they were on the team. And a lot of these guys were ex actually pro pro baseball players, just older, out of baseball now, and they were just playing, you know, to represent their city, and just learning to enjoy the game. That was the biggest thing. Um, I'm definitely not a head case, but a fireball. Uh, I like to think like I get fired up. Um, I just like to show my emotion. Um, I I love the game so much, and I want to win so badly. <laughs> to where sometimes it's like, just enjoy it, Jordan. Like, you know, they'd always tell me, like, enjoy the game. Like, enjoy it. Have fun. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you battling, battling. It's like, oh, I want to I want to get hit every single time. I want to make every play. But that's, I mean, that's just not how baseball is. So I guess accepting, accepting that you're not going to get a hit every time is the hardest thing any baseball player can do. And once you can accept that, you know, you can start, your career can turn around. And they helped me so much in that aspect and just enjoying, having fun, um, kind of having the, like, you know, if you watch Robinson Cano play, obviously he has the most fun at any big leaguer out there. <laughs> and, you know, I can never play like that. That's just not my style. That's just not what's going to help me be successful. But you can also learn from that. Like, you got to have fun playing this game. If you're not having fun, you're going to struggle because you're going to stress out way too much. The game's already stressful enough. And those guys helped me out every single day. Um, they always gave me hitting tips too. Um, you know, just um, you know, from whatever they thought, they you know, they'd give me advice and what they thought. And I took some of it. Some of it maybe I didn't like or didn't work for me, I should say. And and it, you know, I couldn't have thanked them enough. Um, I hope they'll one day see all those guys again, just because I I don't think they realize how big of an impact they had on my career. Well, it definitely sounds like you took that um, that approach of having fun, mixed it with your intensity, and, and that kind of sounds <coughs> like something you brought to Modesto in 2017. Yeah, absolutely. That, that overall effect. Because it is. It's fun, and it should be fun. And you got to be able to like be a little easy on yourself Yeah. when something doesn't go totally right. Because otherwise, you just get mired in those slumps, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so having fun, being intense, but having fun. Yeah. And, um, that just, that, that seems like a good way to approach anything in life. Uh, right? Obviously easier said than done, no doubt. Right. But <laughs> I mean, sure. it, it really is that, that basic. It really is. What are your goals for next year? What would you, what would you really like to accomplish? Uh, for right now, honestly, it's, it's being healthy and it's being healthy inside and out. Um, I'm doing, trying to do a lot better job of how I'm eating, um, doing the little things. That's kind of my. Are, are big you getting goal. any help on that? Because you know they brought Lorena yep. Martin, yep. Dr. Martin, over and yeah. Uh, uh, is there, you mentioned resources. Are they are there resources for you to? Yeah. So that six week camp, nutrition? a lot of it was a lot eating. Um, 
that's where I ended up finding out I needed surgery. But we had that six week camp instead of instructs this year. It was that weightlifting class, but that's it was right. also it was also to learn how to eat and what to put in your body and what not to put in your body. And I took a lot of that to heart because, you know, I was definitely the kid where I was there for the eating portion. You know, I always lift. <laughs> I'm, And it's funny. It really is. And but, you know, at the same time, you know, you're when you're young, um, you know, you could eat whatever you want. I mean, everyone knows that. Like when you're younger and you, right. you're you're playing baseball every day, you're playing a sport every day, working out, you know, you could put in your body. But once you hit, you know, 28, 30 from what I hear, it's like, you know, that's when that stuff kind of stops. And so yeah. I'm just trying to, to that. yeah. And so that's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to now get in the good habits. I'm definitely not perfect, nowhere near where I want to be, but I'm trying to just get better every single day. Um, cooking for myself more, um, little things as well, like, uh, ankle mobility stuff, you know, like, you know, everyone works out, you know, chest, back, legs, but I'm trying to do ankles, stretching, uh, a lot of stretching just to stay healthy, trying to do what I can uh, to avoid another injury coming up. Because when this one's over, I want to be able to hit the ground running and just to continue my stretching and whatnot to stay on the field. It seems like Dr. Martin emphasizes flexibility a lot. I know that that was, you know, there's probably no guy that's more muscly than Dan Altavilla yeah, out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um but I know that in the off season they wanted him to push like yoga, correct? Uh, which I think is not something that was in his yeah. <laughs> was in his workout routine before. No, no. Uh, you don't see that guy <laughs> and think there there is a yoga master. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, <laughs> but but just the flexibility aspect of that. So it sounds like you're getting a little bit of help with that too. Yeah, absolutely. Just just like exactly how you said it. It's just you know taking accountability it's easy to you know forget to do those little things but sometimes those little things are the most important and i'm just trying to you know i don't plan on eating perfect um especially when you're on the road it's hard to when the only thing that's open is a jack-in-a-box or mcdonald's um but when i can control it when i am home when i am you know at my apartment you know put what you you need to put in your body that's going to help you perform because you really do only get one shot at, you know, living your dream and whatnot. So I want to make sure I'm giving that full max potential um, into it to to help that. And that goes along with the mental game as well and, and anything that you could think of. Um, just trying to get better at every little thing, every little detail. So when I do start playing again, um, you know, I can hit the ground running and I've already developed a uh, good habit to where I'll continue to do those little things when I'm playing and not avoiding those things. And you certainly have a good example right there in your clubhouse of um, how to maintain your body later in your later playing career with uh, Nelson Cruz, right? Yeah, correct. It's unbelievable. He's Being a machine. See those things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. His, those Instagrams of the offseason, <laughs> like, but that's what you have to do. Exactly. You, know, you want to continue competing at that level. So Sounds like there are tons of resources for you to use. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we certainly are wishing you a healthy season and are excited to see you back in action. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I, <laughs> I really do. Oh, for sure. Uh, and congratulations on all your success this year. And we're just, we're rooting for you. Our hometown kid. <laughs> uh, I know you have to run. You have to run to the field, right? Yeah. Yeah. Get ready to go to the field. All right. So 
have a good day. Learn lots of good stuff out there. <laughs> and uh, it was it was great talking to you, Jordan. Awesome. I appreciate it, Kate. Thank you so much. And anytime. Uh, this is fun. And, and uh, you know, look forward to coming this season and everyone, uh, you know, watching. Uh, I hope uh, the Mariners can do it this year. And I know people in Seattle have been, been begging for, for the playoff baseball. And, you know, yeah. I, I really do think they have an awesome opportunity this year. You think so? You I think honestly good, believe it. Good, yep. Good sense. Just in the being in the clubhouse. People seem excited. And seeing the core. Obviously, you got to stay healthy. And if this this core group stays healthy, it's going to be a fun group to watch. We can find you on social media. Social too. media. Where can we find you. Yep. On social media? Uh, J Cow for show. Uh, J C O W for show. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, follow. And, and, and in your girlfriend's and, awesome blog. And right? my girlfriend's awesome blog. She, from what I hear, do um, does an amazing job of it. And I know she she's nerve-wracking about doing it because she's not sure if, if other people are reading and following. And um, I've told her that people are, and she, she's getting more confident and, and doing a lot more blogging now. And she's she really enjoys it. All right. Well, tell, tell people where you can find her blog. Uh, we can find her blog at... The diamond edit dot wordpress dot com. Okay, um, where she kind of journals um, about or blogs about uh, the experience of being in the baseball life and kind of tracking your journey. Probably has a little more time to do that than you do. Yep. Being <laughs> exactly. Sure. So if if we want, as as per usual, if you want the latest haps, if you want to really know what's happening, ask the woman. Yes. One hundred percent. Right. One hundred percent. She definitely remembers probably a lot more of my day than I even do, just from what I tell her. <laughs> 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 That's fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jordan, for uh, for joining us and telling us a little bit about your journey. And we wish you health and happiness and uh, great success in this upcoming year. I appreciate it, Kate. And thank you for having me. It was awesome. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was super fun. All right. We will talk to you next week on the podcast. Thanks again to Jordan Cowan for joining us. Thank you for listening and talk to you next week. Go Mariners. Go Mariners. Look, I'm on my grind, cousin. Ain't got time for fronting. Sensitive thugs, y'all all need hugs. Damn low mans, I'm just trying to do me. If the wreck is two mil, I'm just trying to move three. Get a couple chicks, get them to try to do E. Hopefully they're menage before I reach my garage. I don't want much, fuck, I drove every car. Some nice cooked food, some nice clean drawers. Bird ass niggas, I don't mean to ruffle y'all. I know you waking in the wing, but I'm doing my thing. Where's the